Welcome to The Get, the podcast for enterprise leaders delivering timely insights for today's global economy and tomorrow's competitive advantage. I'm your host, Chris Kane, president of the Center for Global Enterprise. And on today's podcast, we discuss the metaverse and its implications for enterprise businesses. We're joined by Alexander Fernandez, CEO of Streamline Media Group, and Sean Layden, former CEO of Sony Interactive America, and now a strategic advisor for Tencent and Streamline Media Group. Alex and Sean, welcome. The metaverse has captured our imagination. The virtual world of the metaverse is increasingly shaping the direction of the physical world and promising to deliver business opportunities using new kinds of digital assets and operating models. So much so that Facebook changed its name to Meta in 2021 to highlight its view of the significant impact that Metaverse will have on the world. But it's important to acknowledge that we are only at the beginning of this nascent environment. And for many CEOs, they're wrestling with where, how, and when to start this journey, if at all. Rightly, CEOs are considering this new era of digital interaction with interest and suspicion. Since Facebook launched Meta Platforms last year, it has reportedly lost $16 billion related to the metaverse. Yet a number of new business opportunities have been revealed to help enterprise leaders better engage with and understand their customers' needs. So Alex, perhaps we can begin with you. For those businesses that are not digital natives or have yet to become a digital data enterprise other than entertainment, where should CEOs and business leaders start to understand the relevance of the metaverse to their company. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. So I think the, the first place to look at is first looking at your customer base and really identify if that 18 to 24 year old demographic is key to your success. And the reason why I say that is because ultimately in the end of the day, that demographic Gen Z, which is arguably one of the largest demographics coming up, knowing how important they are to your business is going to be paramount. Now, the other side on this is basically looking at it from a standpoint of understanding what was your initial outlay when the world decided to get on the World Wide Web. For many leaders, there would have been around 93, 94 or 2001, 2002, and start looking at that from that standpoint of what was the initial expenditures you put out there and what was it that your organization went through to even get through that first conversation of, do we need a website? Because that ultimately is going to help lead you to where you're going to go regarding your metaverse journey. Sean, your experiences at Sony and elsewhere, I'm sure you've had to address this question with CEOs and companies. So in your perspective, where should CEOs start to understand the relevance? I think it's always tricky when we're looking at these changes in technology and what consumer engagement looks like. I think corporations are lagging indicators largely on huge trend lines in tech, looking around, seeing how others have, have grappled with it first. So I don't expect a lot of leadership in this sector from the large corporations. And I'm looking more towards what we're seeing with, with smaller outfits as they try to tackle this new way of engagement. So, but if you're a CEO and you want to do this, where would you recommend I start? I think you have to really start with leaning into your workforce. I think a lot of uh, corporate leaders don't really appreciate how much knowledge, now's experience and skill lives in their own, their own workforce. Everybody in technology forward companies, everyone on those teams are experts in their field. And I think you really need to lean into your workforce and, and open up a collaborative atmosphere for people to, um, to pile in on and try to 
generate the forward motion from inside the company. Alex, you talked about Generation Z. They're clearly the first generation that's ever been a digital native generation, growing up with the internet, growing up with things like multiplayer video games. Frequently in companies, there is a blind spot, if, especially if you're organized as a top-down management system, to understand, to Sean's point, the true value and genius you have from the bottom up of a company. And in generational terms, it seems to me that the metaverse is a, is a perfect example of where we could do some reverse mentoring uh, within companies to move the company along. Any thoughts about the Generation Z and the power of the generation to help management leverage forward in a space that probably the older members of a company are either not familiar with or maybe not interested in? Absolutely. I think that reverse mentorship in organizations is one of the greatest assets that any organization can leverage. You bring in those 20, 21, 23-year-old kids, put them together with the 60-plus crowd and have them jam and have them start talking about it. Because I think there's two things that happen here. Obviously, the baby boomers understand the business of what was built, why it runs, how it works, and where it's going from a standpoint of their overall top-down view. But the Gen Z kids, they know how to employ state-of-the-art technology, culture, and trends that can be married to whatever KPI the organization has. I think that frank, safe type of conversation where there's just people talking about the business will engender greater ideas and greater cooperation that can then be mapped to different processes and different products that the company may want to explore or may want to do. Not to say they have to, but in the end of the day, having that open dialogue between one that's going out and one that's coming in. It's only going to create a better workplace and if anything, greater ideas. And as a CEO, I would absolutely want to hear what my people that are about to leave maybe never told me, but then I would have loved to have known and see if the young kids can put that into play and we can start actioning on that. Great. So at the get, we try to give CEOs and listeners practical things for them to do tomorrow. And so let's talk a little bit about two practical areas or things, read this to be business functions if you'd like, that you see capable of delivering short-term benefit from the deployment of the metaverse by a company. Alex? Yeah. So I think it's really important when we start talking about the metaverse is to really define the metaverse because there's you know Meta's version of the metaverse, there's Microsoft's version of the metaverse, and then there's every person in between. So I think the most practical thing is first think about the metaverse's utility from the standpoint of capturing all the metadata that exists in your information systems and the work that people are doing, whether that's through the marketing channel, PR channel, sales channel, or even basically change management channel, and finding ways that you can leverage that information into something that can build out a process or a rule set for what you're trying to get done. Now, on a practical standpoint, if we sit down and we look at, say, marketing, marketing who generally is trying to get attention generally trying to get the eyes of the consumer, trying to effectively qualify leads at some point. That is a place where you can start looking at how we can we utilize game technology, game craft, what effectively is what builds the metaverse, and try to apply that towards a campaign. So we can look six to nine months out and say, right now, why don't we go ahead and try a interesting interactive digital asset that captures the mind and attention of this generation that we're trying to market to and start using that as a place to dip our toe into the water, to start building out the capacity and capabilities that ultimately will have to be there once this thing goes full-blown. That's how I would look at it. Okay, marketing, do you have another one? Yeah, actually, so change management. I mean, be self-serving on that one, but change management is absolutely there. Going back to this idea of having 
our baby boomers and our Gen Z coming together. The other way of doing this is utilizing game technology or a game itself to effectively teach people how to communicate better with each other. I mean, I think people basically would be surprised at how much multiplayer gaming and working with and playing with games together leads you to understanding data at a rapid clip and helping you understand how to make decisions on the turn of a dime. These are basically skills that are absolutely necessary now, especially in a post-COVID world where we know things just randomly happen that change our lives. Learning how to be better communicators, faster response times, understanding how to basically take things that seemingly aren't related and correlate them together, skills that games generally tend to teach you. Sean, thoughts about business functions that you would start with first? Well, I think it's important to remember a couple of things. One thing is no one's really quite sure what a metaverse is. The other thing I think for business leaders to, to understand is that whatever the metaverse turns out to be, that train hasn't left the station yet. There's plenty of time to look at this, to understand it, to, you know, try to look at it as how does it, whatever it is, how is that advancing your goals as a business, whether that's getting to your customer or whether that's getting your workforce interconnected with the entire proposition of the company. Maybe that's how metaverse works out for you. It's going to be different for a lot of different people, but I think at its bottom line, and perhaps because we've had these two years of everyone living in your own padded cell, communicating with the outside world through digital channels, maybe that's what's also kind of driving this search for the metaverse, because uh, this is sort of sense of how do we get more connected or how do we feel more connected in a virtual world across a virtual platform? Again, it's all about building the community, building the engagement, whether that's with your external constituencies, whether your internal company assets. Okay. So many metaverse examples of successful implementations are in the consumer or B2C space. Yet so much of the business community in the private sector is in the business to business space. And to be relevant for the B2B company and the business model that those companies and enterprises use, what value can the metaverse bring to a B2B enterprise? Sean, why don't you go first and then we'll go to Alex. It's all about defining who your constituents are, who your stakeholders, your shareholders. And in a B2B conversation, of course, that's so, you know, one vendor with another supplier. And I think attributes of the metaverse, as far as it brings a better understanding of each other's business to one another, it can help businesses anticipate the needs of their clients or the needs of their vendors. It can work to open up a transparency better between two companies trying to do business in, in an effective way. I think, again, it's, it's the community, it's the communication, it's the engagement. And I think those three factors can play out in a B2B environment just as easily as a B2C. Alex? Yeah, so it's interesting because on a B2B level, I think there's actually tremendous amounts of potential here. Call one out specifically. There's a company called Level X who creates training games for surgeons. Surgeons basically utilize these games to learn how to do and practice medicine and they earn credit for the work that they do. This ability to effectively practice medicine without actually having to cut someone open to see if you failed or not reduces the overall cost and obviously the overall time for a surgeon in this case. So when we see the metaverse being applied towards basically things like practicing medicine or training or learning how to do a complex piece of work, say flying a plane or a supply chain, for instance, how we basically go about these scenarios, that's where we see huge benefits coming into play here. And when we think about basically complex systems that require multiple stakeholders in order to get something done, loading planes, operating forklifts, effectively training large swaths of people to do something, this is really where it shines. So if I'm sitting down looking at this from a 
business to business enterprise technology space, what I'm looking for, what are the things that I'm doing over and over again that I'm relying on books, outdated videos, maybe even film strips. And I'm saying, how do I make this as immersive, interactive as possible so I can bring this into a place where people learn quickly? Because one thing to remember, and I think this is something that people overlook completely, one of the unintended consequences of having fun is you actually learn something. <laughs> so this is one of those moments where you're like, bingo, I can do this on just about anything. That's great. I want to pick up on your supply chain reference because you've described an environment where the metaverse can be quite useful and practical, which is where there are lots of different stakeholders who are interacting. And supply chains certainly have gone through a period over the last couple of years where the different stakeholders had to adjust to unintended or unexpected consequences. So can we talk a little bit about how, if we were running a global supply chain, what would we need to do in order to use the metaverse to do some scenario planning or some contingency planning? Would we have to enlist some of our suppliers to participate with us? Or is it the kind of thing that a company, a supply chain owner could do on their own to simulate or to create scenarios that would be contingency and, and help with potential disruptions? Well, I think you could actually do both, but it, life is more fun when there's more than one person playing. So, you know, it's always fun with more. So I think if you look at the multiplayer aspect of it, that would just add another level of dimension, a little, let's say, unexpected aspect because people are the most unpredictable things in the world. And that's usually where the problems come in. But if we take it back from basically the supply chain owner says, listen, I'm going to take three of the biggest problems we've ever had here. And we're going to go ahead and create scenarios. We're going to visualize the scenarios. We're going to put the rule set of what went wrong and how are ways to win. We could effectively model that out and how our people start playing it. And then we could then introduce it to our other supply chain partners who say, hey, you know what? That's amazing. I want to be part of that too. Let me put in some scenarios that I would see as well. And over time, I think that starts to grow because people begin to realize that as we role play through this, as we model through this process, people start to make crazy decisions. And those decisions have unintended consequences that we have to react to. That's really what this is about, right? So I would definitely say start with yourself and then open it up to everyone else. Sean, thoughts? I think it's important to loop in as many stakeholders as possible. Whatever the metaverse turns out to be, one of the success metrics of that enterprise is going to be scale. You know, can it operate at scale? The metaverse needs to be seen as this giant ocean of all this activity happening, not a bunch of separate pools where stuff is happening. I think, I think that you won't get enough uptake on it. It won't move large enough or fast enough for everybody. So these systems that we start to create, I think standardization is going to be important as you grow that. I think getting more people on, onto a team, I think it is important to have partners. It's important to build against standards that people can adopt. And open source is going to be key to whatever the metaverse turns out to be. Well, I'll take your point on scale. I think it is, it's an area that is frequently overlooked. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have run tabletop exercises in their companies or in their communities to do exactly what we've been talking about, which is to anticipate and plan for disruptions or contingencies. The limitation of tabletop exercises is that you, you have an interesting immediate experience but frequently you don't capture the learning and you certainly don't do it at scale. You do it for only the people who are involved with the tabletop exercise. This seems like a tremendous breakthrough 
and the experiential learning that can come from tabletop exercises because it can all be captured in the metaverse and repeated, right, with other people who don't have to be necessarily there when it's happening. So it's a very interesting point. And I think it's one that our listeners ought to be thinking about as they try to anticipate disruptions. Let's talk about potential challenges that a, a company or a CEO would confront and have to factor into their decision-making. So what are the potential challenges for using the metaverse, behavioral, technological, you know, business, legal, regulatory, that a, a decision-maker ought to factor into their decision as they plan for investment and engagement with the metaverse? Yeah, I think it, it all comes down to data ownership and privacy. I think the number one thing here is identity. It's where does that data sit? Who owns that data? Who has access to that data? Those are going to be and are hot topics that I think is absolutely important. I think another aspect is like, okay, where are we going to find this talent who knows immersive interactive design? Well, that's code for who knows how to make a game. That's a video game. And you're going to start going out there finding these guys and these gals and they don't think the traditional mindset because what they do is they build systems. They build complex systems. They create universes that then are going to be applied towards a specific business case, a specific use case. So there's a cultural, not culture as a nation, but culture as an industry culture. And understanding each other's parlance is going to be one of those things as well. But once you get past those points and you basically look at what it is and you go all in, you begin to realize those costs of that were already existing because of that tabletop exercise or the infrastructure costs of your IT, that can all be start to get leveraged. And that's where the opportunity really comes in. Mm -hmm. Sean? Of course, I agree with everything that Alex has said. The problem, of course, is for large companies that a meaningful investment in this activity is probably beyond the risk threshold for a lot of corporations or else they'll dip their toe into it, but won't be enough to be significant and it will look like it didn't work because I put in a nickel and I got two nickels and that doesn't seem like a good use of my time. It's really hard for, for large companies. I think it's really hard. You look at any company now, you know, we're always kind of stingy on the IT budget. We're always kind of stingy on other things involving uh, the infrastructure piece. This is going to take a lot of investment on the upfront without a lot of ROI for a few years. It is a bit of the kind of leap in the bridge shall appear sort of game design a parlance, but that's why we look to the smaller and the mid-sized companies who can move faster, have a greater tolerance for risk, and see what directions they're in. I wouldn't look to the big players to, to set the tone at this stage. Okay, so help me. I am a, a champion and an advocate for the metaverse in my company, and I have to go and talk to my CFO. And the thing you just said, Sean, is not a winning argument with most CFOs across the business community. So how do I win them over or how do I at least get a CFO to entertain the opportunity that comes from the metaverse and, and not think that I'm just crazy? I think on the front end, you have to deliver it in small pieces. You have to make it digestible, what that strategy is around that. You have to build it out step by step. You just can't walk in there and say, I'm going to bring you the universe unlike as we've ever known it. And I need this much money to build this huge thing. I think you have to be incremental in that. You have to look at how is this going to facilitate my customer outreach or my vendor support, or how is this going to get my teams more aligned into what the company mission is so they will perform better against what their responsibilities are. I think you need to build it, find a way to build it modularly coming out of the company. And that way it's in a spoon size that um, CFOs can take. Alex? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you boil the frog. You don't throw the frog in boiling water. You turn up the heat every step. And how you do that is by starting off with that initial target. So I think people got to realize you don't got to go out and build a big metaverse of your own. You can do step by step. It's the incremental executions towards that plan that will get you there. Simply as put as, let's just say it's a marketing exercise. We want those 18 to 24 year olds. Let's go do an activation in an existing metaverse. Let's call in one of these institutes that basically look at multiplayer gaming. Let's see how that is. Let's set up that knowledge transfer between our boomers and our Gen Z. Let's do this in a pattern and let's start going step by step. And if anything, would dare say you get your CFO and his kids in a room or their grandkids and watch what happens. You say, just observe and watch these kids go at it on Roblox or Fortnite and see how they talk and then be like, where do you think this is going? Because I think in the end of the day, it's not that we're, the metaverse is not something that all of a sudden has never been here. It's not like we've never had to make, you know, leaps of faith before. 93 in the World Wide Web. You, I always bring this up because no one in their right mind, except the futurists, would have thought that 94, 93, 30 years later, we'd be dating through a phone, getting into strangers' cars, thinking they're taxis, and doing healthcare. No one would have thought that. But yet, here we are. So it's not such a leap forward to think that the infrastructure investments made back then or the ones we make today will end up leaping 30 years later. And the question is, for a CFO, can you afford to not do that? And if you didn't do it now, what will the cost be at the moment that you do decide to make that happen? And at that point in time, it's all about amortization and looking back and saying, okay, over time, we can make this make sense. So once again kids become the point of entry into most spending decisions in families across the world. Absolutely. And, and CFOs, you're on notice. We're coming to your kids to get them to convince you that this is worth a try. Your kids have already convinced you. They're buying <laughs> Fortnite bucks. I mean, they're already doing it. They just are like, okay, now we're doing it at work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what are some of the skills that an organization needs to build competency into effectively utilizing the metaverse? Just can you each talk about the skill sets that you think either exist in a company today that need to be amplified or developed or that don't exist in most companies and need to be acquired? Sean, let's go with you first. Okay. One skill that has been weakening over time, I think, in a lot of companies and needs vast work done in improving it, it's super simple. This isn't even metaverse dependent. It's communication. Communication from companies to their clients, from companies to their customers, from companies to their own employees. That seems to be so strained these days or not implemented well or somehow overly larded with a bunch of jargon that um, seemed to be meaningful. But in the end, it just comes down to, does everyone on the team know where we're going? Does everybody on the team know what the plan is? Do they know what their role is within that plan? So that's true for the coming metaverse, so that's true for business. That's an area where companies don't spend enough time, both on in-house and the um, outside facing. Otherwise, in Ray Metaverse, again, I think we've talked about it. There's skill and talent inside the company. Listen to the people who have grown up as digital natives, who their expectation is that their whole life is going to be online all the time, everywhere. And then what does that cohort look for in the, the ever-growing mountain of, of personal data, which is coming together to connect us? There's a lot of tricky stuff there. I think Alex mentioned it too. Things around privacy, things around data integrity, data protection. 
These are huge growth fields in business and in law. And the requirements around that will continue to increase perhaps faster than, than anything else. So be open to that kind of change and work on your comms. Alex? Yeah, I think that you're going to need interactive designers or basically game designers, 3D artists. You're going to need scenario planners. You're going to be looking at people who are heavy in data analytics, who can actually monitor and understand what the information is coming back to you on. You're going to need community management because one of the major things of basically entering in this world is the ability to reduce customer acquisition costs by creating sticky communities, communities that are nurtured by people who live and uphold the brand, who basically talk with your customer, whether it's B2B or B2C. It's the same thing. Customer is a customer. So I think these are skill sets that are there, but also the idea that especially if you're going to Gen Z, be willing to share the creation because Gen Z is a collaborative generation. They expect to be a part of the story. They expect to be a part of the creation, not that they're going to own it, but that they want to be a part of that conversation. It's no longer talking down, it's talking together. And I think that is something that a skill set most organizations are going to have to get used to, that you're going to have to work together and be open to be wrong. And that's okay. So it goes back to your reference earlier about change management and will companies know how to change in this environment where digital natives are the foundation of their skill set? Very interesting. So before we conclude, in the last couple of days, Meta released their results and they got, I would say, an unhappy reception from the investment community. What do the Meta results tell us, if anything, about the metaverse and its value proposition for companies looking at investment or strategies here? The reality is, is that there is a cost for infrastructure and that infrastructure over time gets realized. So I think... What people got to understand is that the world of tomorrow, the future of tomorrow is not cheap and it takes time. And so we have to look at this again in the lens of history, what has happened before, 94 to 2002. Look at that. Let's learn from that. Let's not overplay, but let's also realize it will happen irrespective of how much gets put in or not. So we just got to keep that in mind. Sean, any thoughts? I mean, creating the future is not easy. It takes time, more time than you'd expect. It takes money, more money than you've budgeted. And the road to tomorrow is paved with mistakes and failures. Um, not saying that's the case here with Meta. I think Meta made a big bet on going large in this space very quickly. And they may have to slow their roll, as it were. I think expecting that the metaverse will be fundamentally based on having a VR headset or an AR headset to connect you to that is... Mm, I think that's a challenging proposition. I think it's really hard to expect people are going to do that in large numbers. There has to be a 2D way to interact with this metaverse because the 2D way is going to be on your tablet. It's going to be on your laptop. It's going to be on your phone. And until you have connectivity against all those different places in your life, then you really don't have a metaverse. And to top it all off, we're in a very difficult market cycle right now. All tech stocks are getting hit hard. So it's even more complicated to get the courage to take the huge financial investment at this time and perhaps a more step-by-step -step walk to the future is, is indicated here. Great. All right. Thank you. Well, look, before we close, we like to use the last minute or so to give our listeners one strategic insight to consider. We call it our emerging critical issues moment. And so I ask you in one word or one phrase, please tell us what emerging issue do you see on the horizon? that business leaders need to put on their radar. Alex, why don't we go with you first? 
identity. Sean? I think we're learning across the sector that it's not all about growth. We talk about the importance of scale. We talk about the importance of building out an audience. But we're in an economic cycle right now, I think, where profitability is important and sustainability of that. We can't grow ourselves out of these problems right now. We have to manage ourselves out of it. Great. And we will come back to these in future shows. But Alex and Sean, thank you very much for your time and your insights today. We appreciate you appearing on The Get. Thanks, Chris. You have been listening to The Get, sponsored by the Center for Global Enterprise, celebrating 10 years of convening global enterprise leaders around the most important business transformation issues.